Now, I don't necessarily think we need to do this. I just want to make sure that I'm 100% positive, though. Do a little bit of a wellness check on all the OU football recruiting fans out there. We still good? We still staying calm? Not losing our composure or anything like that after one decommit? I tell you what, Tyler, the sky's falling. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Just a little bit of a Monday wellness check after the weekend. That's that's it. You still okay with uh, how they're going about recruiting and the NIL and everything else after Ashton Cozart decommits from OU and commits to Oregon? I, if you want my opinion on it, I'm happy to share. I don't think that you should change your opinion one bit just because a four-star wide receiver decommitted to, to OU and ends up at Oregon. In the grand scheme of things, Parker, when we're talking about the Brent Vittables era 20 years from now, I don't think Ashton Cozart is really going to be in the conversation. I don't think that this is going to be the one thing that makes or, break it, makes or breaks it for this new staff. They'll be just fine without him. If you lost Jackson Arnold, then maybe I'd be freaking out. But as I was talking, as I was touching on last hour, Tyler, there is never in our lifetimes or perhaps any subsequent lifetime going to be a time where there is a shortage of wide receiver prospects that want to come catch passes at the university. Totally, man. If there is one position group you are not worried about as an Oklahoma Sooner fan, it's got to be the wide receiver room, right? Yeah. I, look, OU's. Fine at wide receiver now. I think that they have some guys in the program right now that you feel good about their future. Definitely Jalil Farouk being one of them. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, is it a bummer to have a decommitment in a class? Sure, because I'm sure Ashton Cozart will turn out to be a very nice player. But yes, he will. It's not, it's not overall going to be the difference on if this thing works out or not or if they win a national championship or not. And like you said... You know, you can find wide receivers. And guess what? If you don't find a wide receiver in recruiting, that's cool. You can do just like what OU did via the portal after spring and just go find two other guys uh, via the transfer portal. Legit. Like, and that's the thing. The portal has changed the game so much. If you come up short numbers-wise in a particular recruiting class, you can just hit the portal. In a place like Oklahoma, you're going to have guys lining up to come claim their scholarship and catch passes at OU. Who is – just think about this, Tyler. Who is the worst best receiver that Oklahoma has had over the last quarter century? Because recently it's been Marvin Mims. Option number two has been Theo Weiss or Jaden Hazelwood. Before that you had C.D. Lamb and Marquise Brown. Before that you had D.D. Westbrook. Yeah. It was Sterling Shepard before that. Then it was Ryan Broyles. I mean, you just keep going back, all the way back to the Mark Clayton halcyon days. And Oklahoma's never been hurting for production at the wide receiver position. Like even, the, even the days when they weren't known for throwing the football. Exactly. They, they, like Tinker Owens. back in the, I mean, you, you can point to a bunch of receivers that even when they were like running the bone or you know not going four or five receivers, OU has always been okay at wide receiver. Yes, they'll be, they'll be fine. Sean on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, I think it's awesome. It opens up a spot for a two-star from Oklahoma who is probably going to Tulsa, but now we'll get someone who understands what it means to be a Sooner. A little sarcasm from Sean there, but it does lead to the conversation 
about Cole Adams. Oh, here we go again. Not to do two-star from Oklahoma to lead to Cole Adams, but here we are. The staff did see him last week, but as of right now, an offer still has not been given out to Cole Adams, correct? Am I right on that? As of now, there is no offer that has been extended to Cole Adams. Yes, I will be up to Tulsa later this week to see Cole Adams in person. We'll chat. We'll discuss. We'll figure out exactly where that situation stands. But as of right now, I am no longer confident that that offer is ever coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be at this point. Uh, text line says, we got Jaden Gibson, J.J. Hester, and L.V. Bunkley Shelton after recruiting them for a week. I think those recruitments much I, I think those recruitments much better than the two-year commit-decommit deals with wide receivers. Like, I just... I don't think, and, and I don't think that there's anyone out there thinking like this, Parker, but I don't think that you should look at the Ashton Cozart situation and say, oh, God, see, I knew it. You just can't go about recruiting like this, Brent Fittables. You can't do it. OU, you've got to be more involved with NIL. You can't ask kids to commit and then not expect them to take a visit elsewhere because this is what happens. They decommit and go elsewhere. I am not jumping off board of the recruiting strategy Based on this one situation. I am baffled by this text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Cozart seemed to be another Trajan Bridges. Glad we missed Wow. That. Okay, what like <laughs> Okay, so Ashton Cozart's the type of kid who's not gonna be able to stay off the weed in order to get on the field. Wow, he's, dang, he's the type of Parker. kid that's gonna commit an armed robbery and then get taken down by six cop cars in the parking lot of a convenience store. Like in, in what in what universe I'm is all, Ashton Cozart the next Trajan Bridges? I'm all about being optimistic today about this, but dang, that's like taking it to another Ah, he was just gonna be another Trajan Bridges anyway. The signs were there. And I don't like, just because he decommitted from OU, I don't want to act like he's not a good player. Like I said, I'm sure he'll be a really good college football player. My whole point about this is not necessarily about Ashton Kosar, and it's more about the recruiting approach that they're having. Like, don't freak out about it just based on one decommit and a guy going elsewhere. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Like, there is a lot of good, I think, in this recruiting approach. But not everything's going to be rosy all the time, Parker. This is not the last time that you'll have a committed player go on a visit somewhere else and maybe even that same week. I mean, this is this is going to happen. This, is, this recruiting strategy is not bulletproof. It's just what they want to do, and I will support it and, no, and, until proven well, otherwise. And no, no recruiting strategy is bulletproof. Right? Not even Nick Saban's recruiting strategy, which is win six national championships in 13 years, is completely bulletproof. There are guys that flip from Alabama all the time. It happens. This is the give and take, the ebb and flow of recruiting. Right now, the Sooners are more in the ebb phase. But guess what? The flow is coming. <laughs> and it's coming at the Champion Barbecue two weeks from now. Yeah, the uh, list of visitors just continues to grow. Man, I, I continue to see stories. Yep, uh, expected to visit OU in early June. Uh, he's got the Sooners in his final three. He's got the Sooners in his top ten that he just dropped. That that uh, Champion Barbecue weekend, we thought a month ago, like, dang, that's going to be a big weekend. But with the visitor list continuing to grow, oh, my gosh. I'm right now, of among visitors, I've confirmed, I think my list is up to 23, 24. Wow. Official visitors in the 2023 cycle. It's pretty good. 
That is pretty good. Are they? And you like your odds to land a, at least a couple of those guys. By the way, I am officially putting PJ Atabare on commit watch heading into Ooh, the weekend. Ooh, look so at that. That's that one I think could pop. out of nowhere on a Monday, a nice surprise by Parker. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's one that could pop. Uh, Dalen Smothers, the four-star running back from North Carolina, is another guy that I can foresee shutting things down. I, something still tells me that Sammy Omasigo might not make that official visit to Florida. He might just come to the barbecue and decide, you know what? Yeah, let's let's just get this yeah, over He just with. released a top ten. Obviously, OU was in that one. Yeah, that top ten is a top two. It's <laughs> OU in Florida. That's what it is. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, speaking of the Champion Barbecue Weekend, are, are they going to do like Georgia did this weekend? I guess Georgia had a bunch of top prospects in, and the big takeaway was the scavenger hunt that they put together for the top prospects. I know OU did a scavenger hunt like, last oh, year. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, apparently that's a thing. I don't know. If this I conversation don't. happened a, a year ago, I would joke that uh, maybe they could scavenger hunt around for a national championship because it's been since 1980. But can't oh, really did not age well. Can't really make that joke anymore about the Georgia Bulldogs, unfortunately. And uh, I'm gonna probably guess they win at least one more in the next five years. God, unfortunately, so. uh, one of our 918 listeners says, "Please stop the Cole Adams talk. He sucks." It did have three laughing faces, emo- laughing face emojis, though. So surely that's a joke. I, I maybe that better be question a question mark. It better be a joke. I got a lot of textures on here that's going to come after that person. Uh, Kendall says I can already tell you Cole Adams isn't getting an offer from Oklahoma. It's one of the most head scratching situations I've known about. He's Bama bound. Well, if he's Bama bound, why didn't he just commit to Alabama? What's the what's the holdup here? Yeah, and that's kind of my thought as well. I know he just booked an official visit with LSU again. I'll have more clarity on the whole deal later this week when I go up to Tulsa to see Cole uh, and several other of the Sooners' uh, Tulsa area offers and targets. But yeah, he's I, – I don't know if it's 100% Alabama at this point. The fact that he's taking visits elsewhere would lead you to believe it's going to be a process. Uh, another one of our listeners asks, what are the thoughts on the running back Sergio Snyder after his visit this weekend? Yes, so Sergio Snyder, three-star running back, out of Arlington Martin High School in Texas. Here's what I do know at this point in time. Uh, It is likely, and in fact, Sergio Snyder did announce on Twitter that he was going to be back to Oklahoma soon. You would anticipate that that means he's taking an official visit at the barbecue? If that is the case, the Sooners will have at least four running backs on official visits that weekend. Nice. Richard Young, Dalen Smothers, Dylan Edwards, and then you add Sergio Snyder to the fold as well. They also just offered another three-star out of the DFW Metroplex, Caleb Hicks, from Denton Ryan High School, alma mater of one Billy Bowman. So uh, they're spreading a wide net as far as the running back position right now. I think they have the best odds at this point with Dalen Smothers. That's my belief. Yeah. Uh, I'm get to a few more texts again. 405-651-3439 if you want to interact on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't our wide receiver room pretty stacked? I see no reason to worry. I, I, I've said it for this year, and if you want to do a future look at things, Parker, I wide receiver is never going to be an issue at OU. Like we said, I don't want to say that they're a dime a dozen, but they're kind of a dime a dozen these days in college football just because you can find guys in recruiting, and they're very easy to add via the transfer portal. You can always find immediate wide receiver help if uh, if need be. 
Uh, this one, as an OU fan, I'm good. I'm just ready for some commitments. We'll stay tuned for that for just a couple more Aren't weeks. Aren't we all? Aren't uh, we already? Kids are choosing the money. Can't blame them. Cozart, uh, uh, you already read that one. And then someone saying that uh, Dan Lanning must have just paid Cozart a ton of money to commit to Oregon. Do you get that feeling no. with this situation no, look, here? NIL is a slice of the pie, as it is with everybody up at Oregon. Oregon's one of those schools that's dishing out NIL dollars left and right. And you know what? When it works, why deviate? And so you put a deal like that on the table for a kid like Ashton Kozar. not saying that's the only reason he flipped, but especially with the familiarity that he has with the area as a native of the Pacific Northwest, it makes a lot of sense why Oregon was the ultimate destination. If Ashton Kozar went anywhere else, it was going to be Oregon. Uh <laughs> You got a better chance of making a mermaid do the splits than bringing Cole Adams to Norman, yeah, says one listener. Defeatist mentality going on about Cole Adams. Troy now. Bowles just put OU in his top eight. What are OU's chances? Is he seriously looking at OU? Yep, he'll be there at the barbecue. Uh, yeah, if anyone, if, if you don't know about him, he's out of what? I guess he's out of Tampa is where he plays high school football. Uh, visited OU earlier this spring. Visited Alabama the week after. His dad's Todd Bowles the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is so, correct. What is he, a four-star linebacker, I think is what he is? That is correct. I think yeah, he's a top, four-star top backer. Top 50 nationally, regardless of position. So very, very high four-star to the point where he's encroaching upon five-star status as a linebacker. Anthony Hill, a couple people asked about him on the text line. That, that one feels like a Texas A&M type of lean to me. But, you know, if you get Troy Bowles, then – the loss, and I'm using air quotes, the loss of Anthony Hill, uh, it, do, it it doesn't hurt all that badly if you're able to close on another elite linebacker, which Troy Bowles he is. is. And, and you got to love the bloodline. Like, you know, the, I'm guessing the football high Q, IQ is going to be pretty high with this one since his dad's been in the NFL for so long. I, I like that a lot. I like Big fan of him. And then you got Phil Picciotti in the picture as yeah, well. Yeah, whichever so. you, you dropped a crystal ball, what, two weeks ago uh, for uh, Phil Picciotti to OU four-star backer, and everyone else is starting to do the same now. So OU is trending very, very nicely for the four-star backer out of Pennsylvania. And that kid is criminally underrated. He can play some ball. Yeah. Uh, one more. Border Sooner says, BV isn't saying don't take visits elsewhere. He is saying take them all, then decide, then commit. Off the ledge people in BV we trust. It will be interesting. That was a good text, by the way. But it will be interesting to see if they circle back around to Ashton Cozart at all or just completely move forward. Now, Parker, just say, okay, all right, whatever. That's the situation. We're not going to go back around trying to recruit this kid. We're just going to move forward with some other prospects that are on our board. Yeah, well, and here's here, here's another text that I'll bring up. Are we just out for Jalen Hale at wide receiver? That came from one of our 405 listeners. I I wonder if losing Ashton Cozart means Oklahoma gets back in that thing and throws the kitchen sink at Jalen Hale. I think it's a long shot because he's got really solid relationships with the staffs at Ohio State, Alabama, and <laughs> USC. But maybe Oklahoma makes another run at that thing. Kale Gundy and Jay Valai are in tight with Jalen Hale and didn't put OU in his top 12, didn't put OU in his top six, but maybe, just maybe, they're not done there. Not something I'm counting on, but... I can see that becoming one of the casual, or I guess one of the byproducts of the domino effect that Ashton Cozart's decommitment initiates. Yeah. All right. It is locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver studios on this Monday. 
Keep it coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. More football, more Cruton. On the other side, we are the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Best way to interact with the show. I love this one. It says, Troy Bowles, coach on the field, first one in, last one out, lunch pail kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> any, any scouting report that you see on Troy Bowles will definitely include that. 100%. Look, uh, hey, and look, you, you hate to paint with too broad a brush, but man, coaches' kids get it. And they get it because they're coaches' kids. Right? Like, there is something to be said for that. Hey, there's uh, at least one guy on the roster right now that's a uh, coach's kid. Um, though there's like two people in the entire fan base that allegedly don't love Drake Stoops. I think that he's panned out pretty well. Can we, can we all agree on that? Is there anybody else that's a coach's kid that's on the roster right now? I'm, try- I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm going to have to think i'm gonna have to look over the roster because i know there are some more coaches kids on the roster i just i can't tell you offhand who those are uh, danny stutzman's dad is a coach yeah again he played at baylor so there's joe one. john finley's dad uh, was a coach when he was growing up oh really i think yeah okay um one of our listeners simply says test <laughs> well, so they- yes hey hey test successful <laughs> You can text us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Your texts are coming through. Well, there so. was there was two tests. Uh, the we, first we can, test was in March. The, though, the first so. test text was March seventh, twenty twenty two, and uh, they didn't text again until today. So. Oh well, did TD Roof? There you go. TD Roof is a coach's kid. Uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I knew text that was line. dumb. Jackson Sumlin. Yes. You guys are so smart yeah, on the look text at this. line. Look at this. Everybody's I swear, you guys. Look at Doug and Norman. Even says Jackson Sumlin. And Doug hadn't even lived here that long. I, you guys are just unbelievable. Wait, where did Doug live before? Doug's lived. Doug's lived in San Francisco. I believe Doug has lived in Chicago. That's kind of originally where he's from. I feel like Doug's lived all over the place. Mm. So he's he's already caught up to speed on everything going on here. So yes, thank you as always. Text line, you're awesome. Uh, Billy Bowman's dad is a coach. Uh, yeah. That just occurred to me. I'm just I'm sifting through the roster because there are so many of these. Uh, there really are a lot of them. There are coaches' kids. It's just hard to pick them out from off the top of my head. From the 405, absolutely love locked in. Y'all boys keep doing your thing. Appreciate that, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> they must have got a new number. I don't recognize this, but there's no way. I, it's not an Omaha area code, so it can't be your parents. Can't, yeah, it can't be one of mine. Which, by the way, speaking of uh, – somebody was saying that about um, Todd Bowles or uh, Troy Bowles and, you know, grit, all that. Parker is – Parker's playing injured right now. Um, <laughs> he is producing, co-hosting everything with only one arm right now. Did you uh, – Yeah, you... I like to think it's one and a half arms because, like – when I take it out of the sling, I can still move it. I just have to keep it bent at 90 degrees. Parker so like, is in I a can, sling. Yeah, I can function with it just in, on, on a very limited basis. It will teach Parker to not take any more Fridays off. Yeah, uh, legit. Done taking vacation days. <laughs> Those days are over. What ha- it was just a gnarly bike accident or yeah, what? Yeah, it was. So I was going over a jump. And didn't see, of course, you know, those ridges are so big you can't see over them. So going, was going over, realized there was a maintenance crew on the other side, and so I had to stop. 
and got to. I realized this midair as I was going over the jump. Yikes! Uh, tried to slow down. Back tire lifted. I went over the handlebars. Broken elbow. Like I told Steely, there's an nil analogy in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still working to. And you were in Arkansas, out. right? So there's yes. definitely an nil <laughs> analogy out there. In Trust the me. in the backyard of Walmart headquarters. By the way, like. Jimbo's at it again, or he was at it again last night. He's and, been at and, it. And I'll play that audio coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour, but does he think we're all morons? I, he must. Seriously. Does he really expect us to believe that after an eight-win season by A&M that all of a sudden – the amount of five stars, according to 24-7 Sports, Parker, the amount of five stars A&M got this past class equaled the amount of wins it had last season. And we're just supposed to act like that's normal and there's not anything fishy going on here. If you win eight games, you're not supposed to get eight five stars in a class. Go look at the recent uh, teams that have had the number one overall recruiting class. It's been like Bama and Georgia for a while now. And then randomly A&M has the best or highest ranked recruiting class ever after an eight win season. Give me a break. It's all semantics, man. I will give A&M credit for this because I've heard that the way that they construct it, Parker, is very, very impressive. Uh, they are going about it in a very smart way. So Jimbo can stand up there and say, well, hey, that gum, only one of 11. Out of one of 11 of the early enrollees got an NIL deal. I, and I, I checked. I checked with our compliance department. They said one out of 11 got an NIL deal here in College Station. He can say that all he wants. We know that there was something going on with this recruiting class. I mean, come on. By the way, brilliant text on the text line. Billy Bowman's girlfriend is going to have more national championships than Billy has conference championships. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Honestly, kind of, <laughs> that could end up being true. Uh, Parker, I hope your injury doesn't keep you from learning the mandolin and getting mandolin groupies. Yeah, that's the thing. I I can't play any instruments. Can't play guitar, can't play bass, can't play the mandolin because my fretting hand is bent at 90 How degrees. long are you in that thing? Till Friday. Oh, okay. I get it off on Friday. I don't feel okay. I'm don't going feel to Ortho Central, proud sponsor of KREF. So. Nice. Cool. Uh-huh. Good luck to you. So Parker is pulling a Baker Mayfield and playing through the injuries. Yes, I suppose. Although, let's be honest, me sitting here and pushing faders isn't all that physically demanding. Well, let's hope that this situation does does not end up like Baker Mayfield. Let's hope by the end of the week, <laughs> y'all are trying to push him out and uh, pushing someone in that's had a very questionable pass, to say the least, okay? What's up with y'all Nebraska Okies and an arm bandage? Is there is there something I'm missing there, Tyler? Nebraska Okies. Um, in an arm bandage. I, I don't know. How many Nebraska Okies? Are, like, that's the thing. There really aren't Nebraska Okies. Caden Helms was the first player from the state of Nebraska that Oklahoma had signed in 49 years. Golly, really? Yes. There's definitely been Oklahomans that have gone to Nebraska. Yes, many, including some pretty high-profile ones. Phil, Will Shields? Philip Dillard, I remember him. What, is he at a Jinx, a linebacker, I think? Yes. Went to Nebraska. Uh, interesting. Golly. And I fair to say that there's more talent on a year-in, year-out basis in Oklahoma than there is in Nebraska. Are we all good with that? Is that statement going to cause a fight oh, it's with anyone? A, it's a Jordy Ball reference. Oh, okay. okay. That's uh. Hey, you and Jordy Ball, though, may be both available this weekend. That's something to look forward to. Hey, that's true. You'll be out of your sling on Friday. Maybe Jordy Ball. It's some positive news starting to trend here for Jordy Ball. So See, maybe. It still doesn't really register in my head that Jordy Ball is a Nebraskan. That takes some getting used to. Because like she is like she was the number one softball recruit in the country. 
obviously is arguably the best player right now, save maybe for Jocelyn Allo, on what is the national championship favorite. It's not often that such a high-level athlete comes out of the state of Nebraska, so it, it oftentimes doesn't even click in my head, oh, yeah, she's from Nebraska. Yeah, um, it is quite odd, but uh, you'll take it, man. And on that front, there's starting to be some, uh, you know, it's nothing is official and maybe even, you know, it's far from being decided, but it, it at least feels like it's trending in the in the right direction. Yeah, Textline loves the Jimbo voice, by, by the way. Yeah, I just, I just really dislike him. He's so easy to dislike. And that audio, I know that uh, you and Steely played it earlier, but he's basically telling the SID, I got it, I got it, let me handle this, let me handle it. I've never seen, he was getting so, he was getting so flustered, man. Jimbo, stop it, okay? Just own it. Own it that you guys are pursuing NIL and doing things your way. Don't try and make me believe that you had the highest-ranked recruiting class ever after an eight-win season. That's not how recruiting works. We have enough of a sample size to know how recruiting works. That does not happen without cutting corners somehow. Come on. I'm just really looking forward to the 30-for-30 on this in 10 years. It's going to be priceless. Are they going to uh, include the part where they go to the Dukes Mayo Bowl this year after another (laughs) disappointing season? Is that going to be in the 30 for 30? Because, buddy, the biggest disappointment in college football, not to me because I don't have them ranked very high, but I'm going off of where they're going to be ranked in the preseason. It's going to be Texas A&M. When we get back from break, can we look over the schedule and decide how many games Texas A&M is going to win? I mean, we can. I could probably tell you it's just going to be eight wins like every other year, but I have no issue with that. Let's go through it game by game. I'm curious to know just how realistic it is for people to expect that A&M is actually going to be in playoff contention this year. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next, live on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. This hour is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Put over three decades of experience to work for you. Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Or check them out at EliteRoofing.com. Elite Roofing Systems, bringing you hour number one of Locked In. All right. I dislike A&M. Anyone that listens to the show knows that I dislike A&M. But I am going to be truthful here, Parker. I am not going to pick them to go 4-8 and eight just because I dislike them. Let's run down the schedule, and we'll uh, come up with the overall record for A&M this season. Okay, they open with Sam Houston State and Appalachian State, both at home. Those are both wins. Okay, 2-0. Next game is at home against Miami. I don't think that one's a gimme, but I'll give it to them because they're at home. I'm really close to picking Miami. Here's the thing. It's also Miami. If there's one program that no one should trust. No, that's true. It is Miami. They do have a returning quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. He might have a chance to have a good year. I, I don't uh, just overall depth wise for Miami, probably not as talented as Texas A and M. Even though they'll have the edge at quarterback. All right, I, I'll give A and M the win, but I think that's going to be a really close game. Yeah, Miami is. They're just about up there with Texas in terms of falling short of expectations every single year. Um, their next game is against Arkansas. Okay, so Texas A&M is 3-0 and at this point. Their next game is at home against Arkansas. What do you think? That one's in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. They play Arkansas there every year. Arkansas beat them last year for the first time in a while. Um, Arkansas's got K.J. Jefferson. They'll have the edge at quarterback. 
I like the Hogs this year, even though they got a ridiculous schedule. I think Arkansas wins again in uh, Arlington. I agree. Neutral site. I'll take the Razorbacks. Three and one for the Aggies through four games. Mississippi State on the road. Lost to him last year. Um, buddy, Will Rogers is back at Mississippi State. Threw for a ton of yards last year. He's going to again this year. I think that A&M goes out there and loses that game in Starkville. They'll okay, say they're three I, and two. I think they win. I'll give them four and one. The next game is on the road in Tuscaloosa against Nick Saban. Yeah, I don't even think this game gets played. I think A&M finds a way for this game to get canceled, <laughs> COVID or something. So, Monkeypox. Yeah, so A&M doesn't lose. It just they just find a way to to cancel this game, like the uh, bowl game last year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That is going. That, if that game happens, it is going to be a massacre. It should count as two losses. Proportions. It should count as two losses. Okay, so I'm saying they're four and two at that point. You have them at three and three. Their next game is on the road against South Carolina. I I think they lose that game. I do too. South Carolina. That's a team you want to play early on in the year. Um, I think that they're going to start to have it figured out a little bit by late October. Not that I think South Carolina is going to roll off like ten wins or anything. That's a tough game for A&M coming off of that Bama game, even though there's a bye in between. Yeah, give me South Carolina. I got a three and four. Wow, what, what do you think of this? Jackson Dart and Ole Miss coming to College Station. I think they'll win that game. Yeah, a um, lot to be needs to be proven for Ole Miss at the quarterback spot this year. A&M will beat Ole Miss at home. I got him at four and four. I disagree, so I think we're both at Whoa, four and four. Oh, yeah. I, I think Ole Miss is going to beat Let's A&M. Let's go. I don't think that's out there. Not only do you have Jackson Dart, but you got Zach Evans. You got Jalen Robinson. That Ole Miss team is going to have some firepower. Are they going to play in the SEC championship game? No, I don't think so, but they'll win. They'll win. Okay, so we both have them at four and four right now. Four games left on the schedule. At home against Florida. I like AR-15. Um, I do not like AR-15. You don't like AR-15? No. Not well, a believer. I'll probably take A&M in a close one at home. Yeah, agreed. Okay, 5-4. and four. Uh, They travel to Jordan-Hare Stadium to play Auburn. Well, uh, Auburn is a disaster. Win. Yeah. You'd, you'd hope they win It would be one. pretty hilarious, though, if Auburn puts it together just for one game and beats A&M. But A&M gets bowl eligibility. Well, no, okay. I guess I just yeah. have them at 5-4 and four now. No, it's 6-4. Six 6-4, and, four. Six and, four? Six and four. okay. Yeah. Uh, they're going to beat UMass at home. It's UMass. I, has UMass won a non-conference game in the FBS? I don't know. UMass memory, seems like, like one of those teams where Florida's really bad I one just, year, and UMass beats like Florida in the swamp and <laughs> like late in the season or something. I forget. I you, don't feel like wh- they probably haven't. Why though. is UMass in the FBS? Because they're an independent. Geographically, it makes no sense for them to be in the FBS. Competitively, it makes no sense for them to be in the FBS. Uh, I don't get that one. But, yes, A&M will beat UMass. That puts them at 7-4 and four in our estimation, heading into their home finale against LSU. Yeah, um, we'll see about Jaden Daniels at LSU this year. Oh, man, LSU is – to me, LSU is the biggest mystery in the SEC, one of the biggest mysteries nationally. I'll say that LSU wins that game at Kyle Field. seems like LSU's kind of – they, they've owned A&M for the most part since A&M's rolled in the SEC. I'll, I'll give it to A&M. So I have them at 8-4. and four. Tyler, you have them at 7-5. and five. Beautiful. I love it. That's I love it. I, I'll, I'll take again, a 7-5. About on par with what we've come to expect from Texas A&M. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, one of our listeners says, Mount Rushmore of Nebraska athletes. Jordy Ball, Danny Woodhead, Eric Crouch, Scott Frost. That is 
Mad disrespect to Bob Gibson's name and legacy. Yeah, it is. Bob Gibson is the greatest athlete in the history of the state of Nebraska. Danny Woodhead, that's a dude a lot of people are going to forget about, but, man, he had himself quite a career. Yeah, he did. By the way, um, if I'm right and A&M goes 7-5, and five, um, it won't matter when it comes to recruiting. Obviously, Jimbo's going to pull off uh, eight or nine five-stars and the number one overall recruiting class again. So, they'll just keep throwing money at people. I'm just I'm sure that's how it's going to happen. Texas, almost every year, top ten in recruiting, says one listener. What's that tell us? Coaching? Yeah, I, I mean, it's culture. I mean, throw, I, maybe culture is more important than, than coaching in this deal. Because you've had – it's not like it's just been one coach over the past 80 years, Parker. A&M and Texas have had their fair share of head coaches. Well, that's true. But here's the thing. To a certain extent, you can't disentangle culture from coaching either. They're not exactly akin to one another, but they go hand in hand, Sure, I would say. If you get the right coach and the right staff, then you can turn a culture around. You can establish a culture. There's probably no better example of that than Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Kansas State was the losingest program in college football when Bill Snyder Oh, yeah, they had the Sports Illustrated cover back in the day just basically – making fun of how awful they were. I, there were stories where like guys that played on the K-State football team back in the 80s would lie on campus that they actually played on the football team in fear <laughs> of getting made fun of. That's bad, dude. That's bad. Wow. Typically, it's a badge of honor on a college campus to be a football player. You have to lie Maybe, about oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, uh, your website, 247sports.com, had the uh, top 100 freshmen that matter this season. Uh, two, uh, two OU freshmen were on here. You Line- don't say. Linebacker Jaron Kanick and running back Javante Barnes was on the list. Javante Barnes is it's a home run pick. I think he's the freshman that you have to name. But should any other freshman, true freshman, have been named outside Javante Barnes and Jaron Kanick? No, I don't think so. I think that's fair to limit it to those two. I think if we're looking at this in retrospect come the end of the season and we're looking at the top 100 true freshmen that had a tangible impact for their team in 2022 across the FBS, I think maybe Robert Spears Jennings has the potential to work himself into that conversation. Yeah, and – there might be a sneaky case for Gavin Marshall as well because he may be in line to win this kicking job. And uh, kicking matters. Special teams matter, particularly to a place like Oklahoma. Think back to the last time they were in Lincoln. Why did they lose that game? Well, Landry oh Jones gosh. threw five interceptions, but also special teams. They missed three field goals. Why did they? Yeah. <laughs> big, big part of the losses last year to Baylor and Oklahoma State were special teams. So if Gavin Marshall ends up Oklahoma's starting kicker, and we're looking at, you know, top 100 most impactful true freshmen in the 2022 season come January of 2023. Maybe he's on the list. Yeah, but Javante Barnes, that is that was Home the run. right pick there. I mean, definitely. And maybe, maybe, not just when it comes to OU, maybe anyone else in the conference in the Big 12 this year. I know Texas got a lot of true freshmen they think are going to play uh, a lot of ball this year. What you have um, – Oklahoma State's got a true freshman wide receiver, uh, Talon Shetron at a Edmond Santa Fe that they Ooh, think he can contribute right away. He's going to be a problem. Yeah, um, but Javante Barnes, I mean, legit, I think he's going to start the season as the number two back, and 
we'll see what happens as the season goes on. We've seen some guys start off number two or number three on the depth chart, and they end up being the dude by the month yeah, of November. Yeah, a, a lot of folks I've talked to with some pretty authoritative knowledge of the goings-on of that running back room believe that Javante Barnes is going to be RB1 by the end of the season, perhaps even by midseason. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We'll talk more college football, get a little bit more into recruiting on the other side. One final segment of Locked In, live on the ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Uh, just seems like a lot of announcements are made with recruits over the weekend. Hey, here's my top ten. Hey, here's my upcoming visits. Uh, I don't think we mentioned Peyton Kirkland. He announced that his uh, his official visit to OU will be at the uh, Champion Barbecue June 3rd through 5th. Florida will be a week after that. Michigan State a week after that. Then he'll be at uh, Miami as well, all in the month of June. Is this OU Florida for Peyton Kirkland? What, four-star offensive yeah, lineman? Yeah, it is. It is. And I like where OU sits with him. A lot can change once official visit season rolls around, and I don't think OU has a terribly sizable lead for Peyton Kirkland. Uh, if you look at the 24-7 sports crystal ball, there's not really a consensus right now, and there's not really a whole lot of high-confidence predictions for his commitment. But I do like where OU's at, and I don't know. It's, it's, too, it's too early to call that one definitively. But if everything goes well at the Champion Barbecue on June 3rd, I think OU stands a really good chance of getting his commitment on July 23rd. Yeah, so you would expect this one to linger on into the regular season, right? Has he – he said he was going to commit on July 23rd. Is, it, it, is that, that what he said? Back. Okay. I know Derek LeBlanc has pushed back from that date. I, I, I was I just going to use the point of guys like him, if it's between OU and Florida, um, you know, there's some certain teams that you might want to root against when it comes to OU recruiting <laughs> to some of these guys that their decision's going to linger into the season. And it doesn't matter for every guy how the, the team does that, that are recruiting him during the season, but some, it, it, it can have an effect for sure. Especially if OU gets off to a hot start. That does not hurt one bit. More than a couple OU Florida battles in this cycle. You yeah. got Peyton Kirkland, you got Derek LeBlanc, you got Samuel Masigo. There may be others before it's all said and done, too. Yeah, no doubt. I was reading a story today on ESPN. Um, I guess Pete Thamel wrote it that the SEC, Greg Sankey is not happy at all about how the expanded playoff talks just dissolved. So, I. The SEC meetings are coming up in Destin this summer, and there's a thought, Parker, where the SEC might just say, all right, whatever. You know what? Uh, the SEC is going to do its own college football playoff. How about that? To which you say, ooh, wow, that's it's almost like a conference tournament at the end of the year. If you were to do like an eight-team college football playoff with just eight SEC teams, that's like way early on in the infancy stages. But there's even a thought that where you crown an SEC champion with the playoff and then you play the winner of the Big Ten or the winner of the Alliance. So the SEC is really starting to think outside the box here saying, you guys want to cave in on this expanded playoff talks? Then, okay, we'll go do our own thing. I'm guessing it's just kind of a threat at this point, but Uh, interesting nonetheless. I mean, if you're the rest of college football, you kind of got to play by the SEC's rules because the balance of power right now is very heavily concentrated within the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, whatever the SEC wants to do, the rest of the country is going to have to go along with it. You're going to have to beat them at their game if you want to take the power back, as it were. And right now, there is no team, there is no confidence, there's no conference. There's 
nobody that's poised to take that power away from the SEC as things stand right now. So the SEC is going to get its way. It already got its way, bringing Oklahoma and Texas, two of the most lucrative yeah. schools and athletic departments in the entire nation. <laughs> that, that is a behemoth of a conference at this point in time, and it's only going to be more of a behemoth when those two schools join the fray. Yeah, in the story, there were a couple of uh, you know scheduling methods that were thrown out. We talk about the pods all the time. It kind of depends, Parker, on if the SEC goes to a nine-game conference schedule or just stays at eight. If it just stays at eight, there's this one-plus-seven model where each team plays one, one team every single year. Like, OU would play Texas every single year. That would be okay, locked good. in. Preserve the rivalries. But then you rotate seven other teams in the conference on a year-in, year-out basis, which allows you to go to different places, see the whole league, do all that. It's just a one-plus-seven model. The other was, in the nine-game, a three-plus-six model, which means OU would play three teams every single year. Let's say that that's Texas, Arkansas, and Missouri, okay? The pod, they would. Theory. It's It's kind of like the pod in theory. It's a little bit looser than that, though. Okay, um, But there's there's a lot of just different scheduling methods that they're, that they're throwing out right now. I still like the pods the best, but... Uh, who, who knows what they go to because they got so many options on the table at this point. Are you are you pods guy or are you like something yeah, else? Yeah, I like the pods. I, it's very clean, very organized. Makes a lot of sense from a logistical standpoint. And in that realm, that gives you the option then to take the four pod champions and have your own little mini playoff to decide the SEC crown. Yeah, that would be fun. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans.